God has let me do a lot of things in this life. Go a lot of places. Made a lot of people. Some nice people, some mean people. But I ain't never met nobody like Jesus. And so I bless Him for that tonight. I was thinking as these little ones were singing, what a blessing. Young ones are coming along. They know that the only thing that he ever bought was me. And I sure am glad he paid the price for that tonight. There will never be another price paid because he Paid it in full. And I'm glad there at bloody Calvary tonight, it still has the price paid for you and has it paid for me. It's a joy to be here tonight. If you have a Bible with you, turn with us over in Luke's Gospel, chapter number 24. I won't preach long tonight. I got my wife with me and I got to ride two hours home with her. Amen. And... Uh, She's my best critic. She don't tell me what I want to hear. She tells me what I need to hear. And I found out them that love you the most, they don't tell you what you want to hear, that that you need to hear. I say, honey, how's the preaching? She says, too long. She said, you're getting a little Pharaoh in you. The older you get, you won't let the people go. Amen. And... uh, so I appreciate her honesty tonight. And uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter number 24. And uh, we want to start reading tonight in verse number 13. Luke 24 and verse 13. I'm going to get me a drink of this taco water up here tonight. It sure is good though. Amen. That's right off the battlefield. Somebody say amen. Luke 24 and verse number 13. The Bible said there, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs, or some seven miles. They talked together of all these things which had happened, came to pass uh, while they communed together. If you write in your Bible, you can underline this word, and reasoned. Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. He said unto them, he must have known they were Baptists for sure. What manner of communications are these that you have to one another as you walk and are sad? One of them whose name was Cleopas answering and said to him, Art thou only a stranger 
in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days. Look what Jesus says. What things? They said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, Mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel and beside all of this, today is the third day, since these things were done. Yeah, and a certain woman also of our company made us astonished, which was early at the sepulcher. When they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found even so as the woman had said. But him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whether they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. They constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening. The day is far spent. He went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed and break and gave to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us? While he talked with us, by the way, and while he opened us the scriptures, they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for sending your son to Calvary. 
Lord, that paid the price for all of mankind. Lord, we thank you for the Spirit of God that lives in our hearts tonight. We thank you for the Word of God that is still right and relevant in this day and in this hour. I thank you for this good church, dear God, and what she has stood for for many years. We're thankful for the ones that have sung tonight that has been a blessing to our heart. Dear God, there's a young lady, if time permits, you will allow the man of God from this place to go after this service. Now I pray, O oh Lord, that you would open the windows of her heart and let the seeds of the glorious gospel be shared and sowed and harvested tonight. Now I pray, O oh God, that you let preaching be easy. I'm a needy preacher tonight. Now I pray, O oh God, you'd use me to be a blessing. Thank you for saving me one day. God, thank you for the promises that is in our Bible tonight. In Jesus' name I pray and I ask you, amen and amen. I'm interested tonight in a text verse of 32 and 33. The Bible said, they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while they talked with us by the way? while he opened us the scriptures and they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. Now before I give you the title of the sermon tonight, I want to give you a little background, then I won't preach long, I promise to you. I want to say that Jesus went to Calvary. There the devil did not take his life but he laid down his life for the sins of this old world. And there when they had crucified him, Jesus cried and said, it is finished. I'll remind you, he didn't say he was finished, but he said it's finished. That ain't the end of the story tonight. For they put him in a borrowed grave. And on the third day he rose and it shook this old world when he got up out of the grave. I want to say it's still a world-shaking gospel in the day and hour that we live tonight. Now as those that had been to Jerusalem, they had went back to their house. Jesus come by and spoke to the heart and you read the text. They said, oh my, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us by the way. And you know what them two did? They turned around and went back to Jerusalem. And I will preach on this simple Bible thought tonight on losing our fire on the way home. Losing the fire on the way home. Now there's a lot of folks used to be fond of Jesus. There's a lot of folks that used to be carried away with Jesus. There's a lot of folks used to be faithful to Jesus. 
but it seems like as life is carried on, they've lost the fire that they used to have. I was raised in a church where God saved me. I come up on an old jealous, mean preacher, and he told me these words. He said, young preacher, I want to tell you that when you get my age, you're going to lose your tears and that fire that you got going on in your heart. I want to report into glory tonight. I've not lost no one by the good grace of God. God has been good to me. I wonder has God been good to anybody in the house on a Tuesday night tonight. Oh, God has been so good to me. You know, sometimes I'm weak in body. My flesh don't like to go to church. But I sure am glad when I get there. When the Spirit of God starts stirring, that fire in my heart begins to blaze and begins to bring a freshness to me again of the precious scriptures of the Word of God. Now I want to share with you in this passage in Luke 24 on losing the fire on the way home. Number one, look in verse number 13 at there's some folks on the way home. In verse 13, the Bible said, and behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three, look what the Bible says, score furlough, seven miles. My goodness, how time flies when you, Walking from home. Now, these folks on the way home, they were walking. Thank the Lord for some folks that I've got to walk with on my way home. I love God's people. They're precious people. You can go around the country and if you meet God's people, they're different people. We all have something in common. We might not all cross our T's and dot our I's. I don't want to be an old mean-spirited Baptist preacher. Honey, let me tell you, I'm an independent Baptist preacher, but I ain't mad about it tonight. I'm glad Jesus saved me one day and he died for the sins of this whole world. Hey, Sometime you ought to let your face know that you got saved one glorious day and smile every chance that you can. Thank the Lord, sir, for some folks on the way home. Folks I've got to walk with. Hasn't God been good to you with the folks that you've been able to walk with on the way home? Matter of fact, they sung about it. This old world ain't our home tonight. Oh, we're strangers and pilgrims. Headed for the city where the builder and maker is God. Oh, losing our fire on the way home. There's some folks on the way home. There's some walking. And then verse 14, notice they were some talking. The Bible said, they said unto them, you brought this man unto me. And then he, you move over to Luke 24. And verse number 14, they simply said this of talking. They talked together of all these things which had happened. A lot of talk going on in this day and in this hour. And so I want to remind you about their talking. Now in verse number 6 
of Luke 24, they were talking about diminishing sights. He said he's not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. And then in verse 17, they were talking about some discouraging statements. He said to them, What manner of communication are these that you have one another as you walk and are sad? Oh my goodness, we ought to be careful that we don't tarry in those old discouraging statements. This old world's full of discouragement. If you don't believe it, turn on Fox News tonight. If you don't believe it, buy a newspaper. But oh, there's a lot of talking going on. They were talking of diminishing sights. They were talking about discouraged statements. But then in verse 17, look at their depressing spirits. The Bible simply said that they were walking and they were sad. Tonight, verse 21, I don't know if you'll ever find yourself in this or not, but the Bible simply said this, we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today's the third day since these things were done. There was not only depressing spirits, there were disappointing situations. You know, God will allow disappointing situations to come in your life and my life. I hear these super-duper TV boys. They talk about, you know, if you serve Jesus and pay all your tithes, and I believe in doing both, they said, oh, we'll promise you health and wealth. But they must not have read about Job in the Bible. They must not have really walked a real Christian life because God will allow things to happen that bring some disappointing situations. I wonder, has anybody in your family ever disappointed you? I wonder if you ever know the preacher disappointed you or a mom and daddy ever disappointed you or a child that ever disappointed you or just a friend that's disappointed you. And so tonight, these folks on the way home, they were walking and they were talking. They were talking of those diminishing sights and those discouraged statements and we said they had depressive spirits and they had disappointed situations. But secondly tonight... Not only the folks on the way home, but look at these facts on the way home. Jesus teaches us about some facts on our way home that will help us till we get you under in glory. You say, okay, preacher, show me one of those facts on the way home. All right, verse 17. I want to say this, write this down. Don't mingle with discouraging talk. He said to them, what manner of communication are these that you have one another as you walk and are saying? You ever met anybody when you see them coming, you sort of dreaded to see them coming? Because you know everything's going to be negative. Me and my wife was talking about folks this morning, a family we knowed in the church. I mean, where I preach that on the edge of Alabama, these discouraging statements. She said, you know, honey, every time he comes up to me, he's so discouraging. I said, oh, honey, he's worse than that to me. He's more than discouraging. But I want to tell you, don't mingle with discouraging talk. When somebody comes up to you and starts talking to discourage you, you'll say, hey, ain't God been good to us? We built a house not long ago. God allowed us to build a house. I'd been in... The corporate world, about 25 years, my wife nearly 35 years, 
been pastoring 22, been 10 years full-time ministry, preaching, pastoring, and evangelism. God allowed us to build a house. Of course, we had to sell the one we had. Amen? And they was one of them folks. I, I, I'm not on. Uh, they ain't got internet no way. They too mean to pay the power bill. Amen? <laughs> she, she walked up, man. She said, wow, preacher. Tell us how it is to live in a mansion. I said, ma'am, let me tell you something. When you walk in your house this evening, you turn around and look and see how good God's been to you. You live in a lot better than most of our missionaries have ever had. Can I tell you folks tonight, I'm not going to run around with people that's got that old discouraging talk. Poor, just poor old me, poor old me. God's been too good to me. I say hallelujah to the glory. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Oh, our worst day, we're blessed in the family of God. Her jaw dropped. Sometimes I love putting it back where it needs to go. <laughs> You've been saved preaching and pastoring as long as I have. You'd be ill sometime too, amen. <laughs> hey, you young people, be kind old people. We tired. <laughs> and old people have grace to young people. Mean you didn't get where we are tonight overnight. It took the grace of God to love us and bring us across. So I want to say there are some facts on our way home tonight. I want to say number one, don't mingle with discouraging talk. Verse 18, don't major on disturbing things. One of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said to him, Aren't thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? Now listen, we can all find enough bad things to keep us busy here till tomorrow night. But sometimes you've got to look for positive things. And this ain't Joel Osteen preaching tonight. Some of you just love to wallow in pity. My wife says, Ken, you're such a crybaby. <laughs> I mean, so many of us love to major on disturbing things. Wouldn't it be refreshing if you got up one morning who you live with and they brought your coffee and said, glory to God, I'm glad I'm married to you. Jesus is coming today. Jesus is coming today. Oh my goodness. Sometimes inside of us, we want to major on disturbing things. That's where the devil wants to get the house of God tonight. Hey, not to look at what he's done, but to look at these things. Honey, there's a better day coming for the child of God. There are some facts on the way home. You say, preacher, what are them facts? Well, don't mingle with discouraging talk. Don't major on disturbing things. Verse 21, don't meditate on disrupting thoughts. 
Verse 21, but we trusted. Now, that's past tense. Some of you may be there tonight. You used to trust Him, but you don't no more. We trusted. What happened to trusting Him now? Instead of, I trusted Him, but He let me down. Let me tell you, Jesus will never let you down tonight. You ever notice this when you're writing your plans out when you're young? I done found this out. If you're going to serve God, you better learn to write your plans out with a pencil because you're going to be erasing a few of them. I was going to be a guide on West Point Lake. Man, them fish down there, they know my motor, they know the sound of it. I was going to be a guide, West Point Lake. Let my wife work and make a living. Somebody say amen. And God saved me. And you asked her, I was in a bass club in West Georgia, East Alabama. God saved me. When God saved me, Brother Cofield, just like folks took the telephone out of my house. All them boys used to go burn my gas up. But when I got right with God and He called me to preach, I found myself fishing with myself a lot of Saturday mornings. God rearranged my life. And you know, you'll notice that on our way home, there are some folks on our way home. God's been good to us. I appreciate the kindness of God's people. I heard an old mean-spirited preacher preaching not long ago. He said, I don't need people. I do. I don't care what any preacher says. No preacher right likes preaching to an empty church. These boys tickle me about how close they were God and how strict they are and they preaching to nine people. <laughs> Brother Cofield, they preaching things they can't live by. They miserable, their wife's miserable, young'un's miserable, everybody's miserable. Just be who God called you to be and be a Christian. Love people. Oh my, there are folks on the way home. And I can tell that you folks, you know, this is what people don't realize. You've pastored a long time. Church house is a family. We're close folks. I've been there so long. They know everything about me. They know what I'm going to say, how I'm going to take it. So does my children. Isn't it good to be in a close family tonight? So there's some folks on the way home. There's some facts on the way home. But look, verse 15. There's a friend on the way home. The Bible simply said this, and it came to pass that while they communed together, and I'm going back, I'm, I'm saying all this to get to one spot. I want you to unline this. And they reason, Jesus Himself drew near and went with them. 
Boy, aren't you glad there's a friend on the way home? I want to say he's a close friend. There's never been nobody loved me like Jesus. Now I want to say something because I've been married to be 38 years. December. I can say something happy. That woman sitting over there drove up here with me tonight. We met in Panama City Beach, Florida. Some preachers, they say legal, they can't say the beach, they say the coast. Well, I met my wife down on the beach. And I know she is saved. She is different. I can be saved on the golf course. See, when God saved me, He didn't put me in a corn crib with blinders on. I can be saved in the deer stand. Somebody say amen. Shake your little baby's head up and down tonight. Now, it's something different about Jesus and the closest people to you and your... I said all that, be married 38 years. My wife, she's one of the kindest ladies you'll ever meet. She, she's a lady. She don't get riled up much till I don't do what she says do. <laughs> I ain't henpecked. I just got a few hen house ways. Somebody say. <laughs> but you ever notice sometimes, you know, she'll pooch your lip out. I said, "Honey, what's the matter? She said, oh, you know what's the matter. I said, what's the matter? She said, I told you. I said, what do you say? She said, that's a problem. You don't listen to me. And listen, it don't matter. We got cold water melting in the fridge. It don't matter. She, she's human, and she's just going to stay that way a few days. Ain't it, ain't it amazing way when men get out with each other, we just knock the stuff off the table. We done with it. Let's go on. Amen. <laughs> My goodness, you women, y'all hold a vendetta. I mean, a grudge. Y'all in a grudge match. I mean, my goodness, I, I, done, I done went out on the golf cart and made a trip with the grandbabies back in. What's wrong? What, what's going on? I'm still mad. <laughs> I, said, I said, what are you mad about? I forgot what we was mad about. But you know what? And I said all that, say that. And y'all know where we live at, don't you? Oh, yeah. Shake your little baby's head up and down tonight. There ain't a greater woman in this country than who I drove here with tonight, my wife, and I love her with all my heart. But I've noticed this, even when I apologize, her feelings can stay hurt a little while, but not Jesus. When I apologize to Him, it's just like nothing never happened. Boy, isn't he a close friend? I sure am glad he's a compassionate friend. The Bible said that it's getting home and it's getting dark. Sun is going down and Jesus drew near. I want to say something. Jesus knows when it's getting dark down your house. You ain't got to shoot a flare and you ain't got to wave a flag. Jesus, look what he done. He just drew near. Any wonder 
for how compassionate he is. He's a caring friend. He's a compassionate friend. Greatest day of my life is when I met Jesus. So there's some folks on the way home, facts on the way home, friend on the way home. But I close with this. I've preached all night to get to this one point. There's a fascination on the way home. Can I show you what's fascinating tonight? First of all, there's the record of fascination. The Bible said in verse 30, It came to pass as he said it, meet with them. He took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave to them. You know what's a fascinating thing to me in my life is the record of who we get to sit with. I love sitting at the table with Jesus because there's nobody like Jesus. You know a while ago them youngins got up singing I noticed my wife, she's teared up. I noticed God squeezing on her heart. They sung that next to last song. My heart whimmed up and tears started to come out. I love sitting with my wife, but I sure am glad Jesus comes sitting down. You see, this fascination is who we get to sit with, but not on the record of this fascination. Look at the redemption of this fascination. Now, don't let me lose you where we're at because I'm about done preaching. I want you to focus on what I'm fixing to show you right here in verse number 30 came to pass as he said at me, they've not known him. They don't know who he is. They're, they're not aware that he's Jesus. He took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them. And watch, and their eyes were open and they knew him. The fascination of it. What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, there's the record of it and the redemption of it. Now, isn't it amazing that as he taught with them, they didn't know him. As he walked with them, they didn't know him. But did you notice how they recognized him? And you that's been around preaching a long time, I'm sure that you've probably heard this, but the Bible said when he took that bread and broke it and blessed it, their eyes was open. They seen the nailed scar hand. When he took that bread and he broke it and he gave to them, they looked and said, that's him. I wonder when's the last time that you received something but you didn't really realize it was him. You may better take a better look at it because it's because of Calvary tonight what men you have. The redemption of it. When Jesus stretched out them hands and broke, them loaves. They said, oh my, there's the crucified one. Now, this is the last thought tonight. Not only is there the record of it and the redemption of it, but look at the revelation of it. This is what happened. This is where a light came on. You, you remember I told you to underline this, that reason together. Did you know reasoning will keep you busy a long time? 
You trying to reason things out. Why did this happen? Why did they do this? Why did it do that way? Why did God call him home? Why did God call her home? There are some things we'll never have the answers for. And reasoning will keep you very busy. And I tell you how they got their fire back. They went from reasoning to had a revelation. They saw who he was and their reasoning no long mattered because they seen the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and they seen him that had paid the price and no longer were they reasoning about them that had a revelation. Wouldn't it be a blessing if Jesus would let you see him tonight in such a way that your reasoning left you and you had a great revelation Revelation of how he loves you tonight. I wished I had a lot of the answers my people's asked me that God's given me to pastor. But I've noticed you don't have to have answers as long as you've got anchors. The Bible said that they cast four anchors out of the ship and wish for the day. There's a better day coming, child of God. You know, Pastor, I don't understand how God would use a man such a way, a man that's done right, clean life, then God just call him off the scene. I was at a Kawasaki dealership two weeks ago, Carrollton, Georgia. A man befriended me there. His dad was a pastor that I knew, become pretty good friends with him. I'd met him again the week after, just a week ago, Saturday night, Villarica, Georgia. God called him out in a car. I was in Mississippi last week preaching, didn't know about it. I got back to the church Sunday. I couldn't believe. It's some things we just don't have the answers for. I've met mom and daddies in difficult places. They say, preacher, why? I say, I don't know why. I don't know why. But I can tell you what. Things will happen hard enough in this life that you will try to reason things your whole life. And what you need to do tonight is quit having a reasoning session. You need to have a revelation session and look and just see really how good He is. Matter of fact, you know what He done? When they saw Him, their heart went to burning inside. Didn't Jeremiah say, Lord, I'm not going to preach no more. Lord, I'm not going to say that no more. But he had a revelation. Amen. Wouldn't it be a blessing tonight if God <laughs> give you a revelation a lot bigger than your reasoning? You quit trying to figure everything out that's happened. You know what the devil will do? The devil will tell you you're the reason yourself. You're the cause of it. Let me tell you something tonight. God does that which pleases Him. And He loves His children. 
Somebody said, well, we're all God's children in this world. That's not right. God don't send His children to hell. You must be born in this family. You must know His Son to know the God I'm preaching about tonight. For Jesus said He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by Him. 